the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Them boys from Sandy Ford, Delaware, baby. Perched on the Top Rope podcast. You better listen to it or I'm going to be on the Perched on the Top Rope and I'm going to drop this froggy bow on your head. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am the former Dirt Sheet writer, Lee Walker, and I am joined by your Perched correspondent, Justin Largito, and from Perched Gaming, Alex Todd, the adorable one. Boys, how we doing today? I'm good, Lee. What's up, everyone? Uh, you know, I'm doing better now that I made it home safely. As you guys heard, I had a little bit of car trouble on the way here, but we're here and that's all that matters. We're going to kick things off with a little bit of AEW to start the show today, folks. And what a better way than to start with double or nothing. We are getting Hangman Page, the AEW champion, taking on the voice of the voiceless. He is CM Punk. I, for one, am excited for this match. Alex, I'll start with you. What's your first initial thoughts on this match? Well, this is huge. Uh, This is the first time that CM Punk has been in a world title feud in, let's see, I think since 2013. Could have even been 2012. Uh, I I actually think it might have been 2012. Um, But, you know, it's, it's been almost 10 years since CM Punk has been in a world title picture and I'm ecstatic. Um, This whole return story for Punk has been building slowly to a world title match to a world title victory. And unfortunately for hangman Adam page, he's got to deal with CM Punk a double for nothing, a double or nothing. My apologies, double for nothing. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I don't see it ending well for the Hangman. You know, we kind of talked about this in the past before. Um, Hangman's build to the title has been great. You know, the the fans were behind him the whole way. He probably had more fan support than anybody else, but then he won the title, and AEW fell into the same rut that WWE falls into with their babyface world champions, where they the, the climb to the title is great, but then they don't know what to do once the person's won the title. So uh, I think, honestly, I think a heel turn for CM Punk, returning to his kind of straight edge uh, society type mindset would be great for this storyline. And I think a heel Punk title run, chef's kiss. Alex, you are right. The last time CM Punk had any sort of a title match was in 2013, obviously in wwe so we are near 10 years of cm punk championship list this will be an exciting match justin how do you feel about it so yeah you know when punk came back to wrestling back in august you knew this was going to happen at some point and i'm glad they didn't just thrust cm punk right into the title scene right out of the gate because Honestly, that would have been a terrible decision any way you look at it. Uh, I'm excited for the match at Double or Nothing. Uh, Like Alex said, the story with Hangman uh, going for the world title, and it was practically a year and a half, two-year-long storyline to 
get to the world title. It just seems like since he's had it, I don't want to say it's been bad because he has had all of his defenses have been very good to great matches. Uh, you know, I feel like the main issue right now is Hangman really isn't portrayed as a big deal on the show week to week. You know, some weeks uh, he's in the opener and that's all you'll see of him. Sometimes he's in the middle of the show. That's all you see. Maybe you'll get a backstage pre-tape and that'll be all you see. Or he's just not on the show at all. I know this week's kind of an exception due to him testing positive for COVID. But uh, another thing, I didn't put much thought into this either when Alex mentioned it. Uh, I could see CM Punk kind of hovering on the tweener side. Uh, maybe more heel going into this match. But uh, yeah, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be something. I'm, I'm not gonna say who I expect to win, but I'm sure. All you guys know who I'm expecting. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to say who I think is going to win because I don't care. <laughs> not, not so much that I don't care, to be honest. That's how it's felt with Hangman Page as your AEW World Championship. It's been a lackluster for him. Justin, as you've said, great matches. There's no denying the man is talented and has great matches as for why it feels like it's a lackluster or uh, nobody cares. It's because it's the mic, it's the microphone, it's the promos, you know, the championship doesn't make the man, the man makes the championship sort of, sort of thing. And uh, we're not getting either one on this one. We're not. I'm sorry. See, I gotta, I gotta disagree with you for once. Um, I don't think that could be any more wrong. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I think, it, like, if you look at it from a fan point, it almost seems like it's the company they're booking of him. They're basically between uh, when he first won the title, them not having him on TV for what was it like a month or two. He didn't even have a match. He wasn't even on TV. They didn't do anything to try and build him as a strong champion. It's almost like every time that he's had a storyline, they've purposely tried to make him weak. And again, it's like they've they've had nothing for him since he won the title. We saw the same thing. You and I talked about this, Lee, one day when I was over at your house about how it's almost identical to the booking that they gave Drew McIntyre in WWE after he won the WWE title. They had him have this huge, big climb to the title he conquers whoever the bad guy is at the time and then they have nothing for him so i personally think it's the company's fault i don't see how that's hangman adam page's fault well no it, it's 100 that but when it, to to the theory the man makes the belt the belt makes the man sort of deal mm -hmm. him as the champion hasn't made the championship any more valuable and hit in the in vice versa the championship to him hasn't raised his stock at all and while i agreed with with what what's been said he's trying you know it, it's booking but what happens when a face gets the title the runs aren't the same as when the heel is the champion and you've got the baby face chasing after the championship it's you can look at damn near any face championship you know champion and see this 
and try and tell me otherwise. Any face who's the champion with the heels coming at them, it doesn't have the same effect on the fans as it does as a heel being the champion with a face going after the title because the fans are cheering for that, that face and seemingly in WWE right now with Roman having both belts, basically anyone who faces him is literally an underdog because he's ran through the entire company. So what do we have him do until WrestleMania 39 when he faces the rock? Obviously he still has to wrestle people. Look at, look at what they just did. He was to defend the one of the championships against uh, Drew McIntyre, while RK Bro and the Usos were to have a joint unification match. WWE just took that away because now they realized they need to stretch that program to get that to wrestle or not WrestleMania. I'm sorry to have that match for SummerSlam instead between those two. So mm. they're going to stretch their program out. As far as this with Hangman. I think we're seeing a similar thing that we saw in TNA with a young AJ Styles. Because if you remember back early in the early, early TNA days, AJ actually won the world title. He won the NWA World Championship. But, like, it didn't really do anything for him at the time because even though everyone thought he was ready, he just he wasn't quite there yet. And then later down the road, after he had had some more time with, like, he, he was behind the guise of, like, Christian Cage and, and his group, the Christian Coalition. Um, he worked with Kurt Angle. He got to listen to some of their mic, uh, their mic time, and he got better. And then I think that's what made his 2009 TNA world title reign um, that much sweeter. So I almost think that we're going to see a similar thing with Adam Page. I think for him to grow, I think he's got to lose. And then I think he's got to come back better than ever, maybe a year or two from now and have it be that much sweeter of a victory and that much sweeter of a title reign. Cause I, yeah. I still think, I still think hangman Adam page is going to be the face of this company for years to come. There's nothing that has changed my mind on that. I think he's just not, he's it, something's missing. He's not quite there yet. See, see something there would tell me no, because like as a, as a fan, I'm not connecting with him. I'm not connecting with the booking. I'm not connecting with the promos with him. You, you, you can only listen to a heel make fun of the face so much about being a cowboy or, you know, the, the alcohol drinking or this or that, you know, you can only hear so much about the cowboy stuff and making fun of, you know, there's, there's gotta be something else to go off of with him. Unfortunately, there's not because outside of having great matches, to me, Hangman Page and the promos just come off as eh. They don't give me anything. There's nothing I remember from any of them. The only one I remember recent was an interaction between him and Adam Cole before they had a match, and that's only because Adam Cole said something funny. <laughs> Otherwise, I've got nothing that, that's memorable to me of Hangman Page, and when it comes to this run, the most memorable memorable thing for me will be that moment and the fact that I knew he took on Adam Adam Cole, the fact that he took on uh, Lance Archer, which I thought was a great match, but the buildup, I thought there wasn't much to it and it didn't have much time. And then double or nothing with CM Punk when CM Punk takes the belt off him and CM Punk holds a championship for the first time in nearly 10 years that's going to be the most memorable thing is him losing the belt. 
I think we'll see him come back better than ever in a while. I think it's just, I think the hangman, the initial hangman Adam page experiment is coming to an end. It's just, they got to give him better booking mm-hmm. and because he can perform. That's, that's not a, that's not a question. He right. just needs better booking and there's got to be some better promo skills or they need to figure out a way to have him as a heel because as a face, it's not working. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Lee, you think it's, it's kind of more of a reliance on the, the cowboy shit stuff on the mic and it's too you know, much. Not really evolving since winning the world title and just kind of staying where he was before. He hasn't evolved himself as the champion. He, it's just, once you get that, you can't run off the same thing time after time. It just, it doesn't work. We've seen it with champion after champion after champion. Look at Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan got booed after a while. Even in WCW, only being there for the better part of a year, Jimmy Hart even admitted the boo started back up again. You know, this is just another example. And it's not so much of really hangman page with the cowboy shit. It's all the the heels. They just all pick on one part because that's all there is to to, 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 to hangman i'm sorry that's all there is to him is cowboy yeah. shit there's nothing else to go off of you know uh we 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 see all the time in wwe where heels find various things on faces in that company if you you don't believe me look at look at uh happy corbin right now with madcap moss taking the statue uh Obviously, Mad Cuss, Map, Map, busting wow. out jokes. Yeah, right. <laughs> busting out the jokes, but now you're seeing Happy Corbin do it back. So there, there's more that those guys are going off of, and that's just one example. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing there for me. You well, can... I think I think part of um, the issue with what you're saying too is I think the reason that there's not as much to go off of with certain aspects of certain characters on AEW compared to WWE is they also haven't been around as long. So not every, not every character on the show has had as much time, I guess, to build those things. You know what I mean? Like you, you've only had an AEW audience watching some of these guys for like three years, as opposed to some of these guys who in WWE have been there, you know, six, seven, eight years, they've been able to add a little bit to their character here and there. So, um, yes, it's a problem right now. And I a hundred percent agree with you, Lee. I think that might be something that gets better in time as AEW has been around a little longer too, is that some of these characters will have had time to add little extra nuances to their characters. There will be little things that heels can nitpick at a little more. I think we might see that improve as time goes on. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I guess we'll see. We'll We'll see. see. We'll see. But speaking of seeing things and, uh, rearing my head into the future of AEW because right now in AEW and especially on AEW Dynamite things got very nice very evil as Justin starts to frown and mean mug the camera I want to smash my face into the wall ladies and gentlemen we saw what we thought was going to be a match between Danhausen and Hook is there has been a mini feud, so to speak, between the two. And we finally got to hear 
hook speak. Long story short, these guys are going to face on AEW Dynamite and Danhausen gets to the ring. He's on the mic. Hook comes out. And this is where things got interesting. This so-called match that was supposed to happen would end up getting interrupted. Now, if I remember correctly, Justin, who was it that interrupted this match? Uh, so Mark, uh, excuse me, smart Mark Sterling uh, came out and Tony Nese uh, did the run in from behind. Thank you. Yes. So Dan Housen gets attacked. Hook gets attacked. They end up working together to get rid of Nice and smart Mark Sterling. And the fans loved it. They lost as, shit. As chance of Hookhausen from the AEW Dynamite crowd started. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I, for one, am a huge fan of Dan Housen, especially with the ass boys. Ass boys, belly ass. I want to cry. <laughs> Justin here is uh, the odd man out of this one is he is not a Dan Housen fan. As we have talked about it on previous episodes of perched on the top rope, you can go listen to those episodes at Apple podcast. Justin large toe. Why is your toe large? Very nice. <laughs> Very evil. Why do I feel like that's something he would say to me if he was here? <laughs> <laughs> because Best he boys. would. This reminds me of the odd couple from uh, WWE uh, of Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov. We don't know if anything is going to happen between the two of these these men, if they even have a match, because this match did not happen on AEW Dynamite. I think this is how they're going to transition Hook from Rampage into Dynamite on the main show, because that's what I'm referring to it as. Rampage is like you know early SmackDown years, and Dynamite's yeah. raw, established, dominant. There it is. <laughs> So I think they're going to be a tag team. I think they're going to transition Hook to team with Dan Housen for a bit. Since Hook doesn't really talk, Dan Housen can do all the talking. We know how he is on the microphone anyway. And Hook is just like the enforcer, but like they're a complete odd couple. You, you can't tell me otherwise. Alex, I know you're a fan of Dan Housen and you're a fan of Hook. I'm more of a fan of Dan Housen, not so much a fan of Hook, but Alex, I want to hear your take on this. Oh, I'm all for it. I'm all for Hook Housen as the tag team champions, um, mainly because it'll make Justin's life miserable. Um, <laughs> for number one, uh, number two, the amount of Photoshop pictures I can send Justin are unlimited. If Hook Housen becomes the tag team champions and they will, and they will because uh jurassic express or whatever they call themselves nowadays have to lose the titles at some point in time and what a better team to lose them to than hookhausen it'll be danhausen's first match back after breaking his leg he'll throw a curse on the dinosaur hookhausen new tag team champions i'm here for it baby that's it justin would you like to comment i can't wait till hook turns on him <laughs> Wow. 
Yeah, Hook's going to turn on him years down the road after they're already an established tag team, and it's going to make up for a feud for the ages. Hook's probably going to like win the world title, and then Danhausen is going to have this ultimate baby, cha- baby face chase to double or nothing or all out, and he's going to become the AEW world champion in a couple years. Mark my words. So okay. pretty much he's going to be the David Arquette of this company. No, he's going to be the Daniel Bryan of this company. Yes, yes, yes. Very nice, very evil, very yes. nice, very evil. Yes, yes. I, I swear to God, if I see Hook come out with Dan Housen paint, I'm going to lose it. Oh my God, that'd be great. You just made my day. <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> Alex, I think you know what to do, Photoshop-wise. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh God. Okay, well, that's all we got for AEW. We gave you some news. We had some laughs. Now it's time to move to WWE. And we're going to talk about something that we've been meaning to talk about, which has been all the WWE name changes as of late. Uh, We do know that due to Vince McMahon not wanting his stars going by their independent names and or real names, we're going to start seeing changes in a lot of superstars names this is whether it's marketing purposes or whether it's for copyright purposes it's a thing and justin is going to tell us all about the name changes and more yes so before i go through these names uh pretty much this is i kind of based it off at the start of the year of 2022 uh, I also did not include NXT UK because, you know, WB doesn't care about it. So I'm not going to care about it name wise. Uh, let's start off strong. Walter became Gunter. Gunter. This one cuts deep. Pete Dunn to Butch. You can count this if you want. I guess it doesn't, I guess it doesn't really count, but Elias to Ezekiel, I put down. Uh, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't count. There wasn't a name change. Yeah, that, that's, that's more of a gimmick that's, change. That's Elias's younger brother, Ezekiel. Oh, they're, two di- they're, they're two different people. <laughs> anyway, uh, Lewis, Lewis Howley of uh, Pretty Deadly in NXT to Elton Prince. Uh, Sam Stoker of Pretty Deadly to Kit Wilson. Marcel Bartel to Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez to Raquel Rodriguez. Austin Fury to Fury. Uh, Raul Mendoza to Cruz del Toro. James Drake to Drake, Zach Gibson to Gibson, Casey Catanzaro to Katana Chance, uh, Kaylee Ray to Alba Fire, Tommaso Ciampa to just Ciampa, and another one that I saw the other day, and I no one's really talked about, but Robert Stone will now be known as just Mr. Stone due to Robert being his real first name. Now, I also took the liberty of kind of going through and looking at the roster, seeing who still has their indie name or who still uh, uses part of their real name. I didn't include guys like AJ Styles and Nakamura in here because I feel like they're kind of the exception to this rule. That I could be wrong and they, it could be egg on my face later on, but I'm going to go with that. Uh, but to start, we got Akira Tozawa, Candice LeRae, Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak, Fabian Eichner, Indy Hartwell, Io Shirai, Joe Gacy, Josh Briggs, 
Ricochet, Robert Roode, and Roderick Strong. It's a matter of time. You know, yeah. first I want to, I think the biggest thing I want to touch on is, is the name changes first. Um, I know that for Raquel Rodriguez, as she's now known as, it's because Gonzalez is actually her last name. Uh, for Kaiser, uh, they had a different last name for him, which uh, it was like, I can't remember what it, what it was. Claus. Yeah, Claus. Klaus. 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 It was yeah. Klaus. So what they had, Klaus. you know, and then all of a sudden, very quickly, people pulled it up, and that is actually the name of a former Nazi soldier. So uh, some name changes were... I'm I'm usually not a fan of this. Okay, um, again, it's it's you can't tell me that it's not to trademark the names because he can't trademark people's real names. Oh, and a lot of them, someone like a Walter, already had their independent name trademark. You know what I mean? So he couldn't get the trademark. So what do you do? You change the name. Mm-hmm. Even though now now known as Gunter in an interview said that it didn't bother him, this and that, he understood. Me as a fan, I'm bothered by it. And I'm bothered by the fact that other fans, when at these events, who will get on social media and voice their opinion that they don't like it, but when they're at the show, instead of chanting, for example for Raquel Rodriguez, they're chanting for Raquel Gonzalez. Make it known that you don't like the name change because if you're spewing the hate on, on the social media, why can't you be at the event voicing your opinion that you don't like the name change and chanting the other name? Alex and I have been notorious for this <laughs> at WWE events uh, in Syracuse. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. That's we'll for leave another it at time. That. We've, we've gotten yelled at by uh, some superstars. Some female superstars specifically. Charlotte and Oscar. <laughs> um, but no. So I'm not for some of these name changes. I know Walter is Walter. That's an obvious one. But like, you know, the first night, some fans tried to get behind it and were chanting Walter. And poor Matt McAfee had to be like, oh, my God, do you hear them cheering for Gunter? And they're clearly chanting Walter. Um. So I'm not a fan of it. That's just me. Alex, how are you about these name changes? Um, I mean, so here's my thing is that it would be one thing if those people came in with those names originally. If they if that was their original name when they came in or some variation of that, uh, I wouldn't have as much of an issue with it. But it's more of it's like a slap in the face to the intelligence of the fans because you have these people go by this name for so long and then you just change it out of nowhere. That's acceptable every now and then if it's one superstar you're doing it with. For example, Johnny Nitro back in the day after being Johnny Nitro for a while became John Morrison. There was a storyline involved in that. He was going by his quote-unquote real name in real life. They were giving him more of a professional name as he was ECW champion at the time. It, it's, it's all right if you're doing it with like one person and the story is correct and you find a way to do it right but when you take a list of like 20 people and you change all of their names within the course of about a month 
and they've all been on TV for a decent amount of time and the fans knew them as those names, it's a slap in the face to our intelligence. That's how I look at it. Okay, well, you know what I, you know what I think of when I think of these name changes? I think of one particular tag team that went through like three name changes very fast. The Viking Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, they went through two or three different name changes and the WWE fans made it known that they weren't happy with these name changes. And then finally we got the Viking Raiders. You know, if you guys remember that, because I remember I wasn't happy about it. If you know, you remember those guys from ring of honor, there's a reason why they had the, you know, their tag team name, mm-hmm. you know, with, with war machine. And then they freaking. And then they come in, they were War Raiders when they first showed up in NXT. And then we had the Viking experience. Yep, and now the Viking Raiders. You know, so they went through three name changes, like, very, very fast. And, like, fans were very, very upset by it. And now we have these new name changes. And I don't know if it's the fans aren't that upset by it. Because, like, I, I have seen fans on social media, like voicing themselves. So I don't know if it's like, they're that mad about it or if it's one of those WWE has just beaten me down so much about wrestling that it's just, eh, and these aren't like the big superstars example, like the Viking Raiders to care enough you know, to, to voice themselves. I mean, I would have assumed Walter would be one, but who am I? Justin, how do you feel about these name changes? So like Alex said, it's definitely insulting everyone's intelligence. If I'm being honest, if you're going to have all these name changes, or you're going to planning on changing somebody's name to trademark it. And we all know WB has been on top of trademarking names. Literally the second it debuts on TV, or right as it's about to debut on TV, they go ahead and they trademark it. Yeah. But, I mean, look, there are some good ones out there. Like uh, Roxy, who was just recently signed, she started being featured on NXT recently. She came up as Roxanne Perez. I think that's an improvement on her name. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I can't say the same for people like Butch and Ludwig <laughs> Kaiser. <laughs> and, you know, I it's think- another thing. <laughs> I think Butch is easily the worst. It is absolutely the worst. But, you know, this isn't OVW. This isn't FCW where NXT is just shown locally in Florida. No, it is on the same fucking channel as Monday Night Raw a day later. Don't sit here and tell me Raquel Rodriguez or Raquel Gonzalez is Raquel Rodriguez now. When I go look at the fucking NXT Women's Title history, you know what it's gonna say? Raquel Gonzalez. I ain't gonna fucking say Raquel Rodriguez. Don't sit here and give me that shit. Uh. <laughs> okay, so Justin's not happy. Damn, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I need a water, <laughs> bro. I like the fact that when when Pete Dunn debuted on SmackDown, he had literally just wrestled as pete dunn like a week or two before that and they're like this is our friend butch and i just like i was watching that week and i just looked at the tv and i was like 
You have got to be fucking kidding me with this one. I've never got so mad at watching SmackDown in a long time until oh that. I was Listen, so mad watching that. The name change that got me the most is literally Walter to Gunter because he's literally introduced before the match is Walter. And all of a sudden he wins the match <laughs> and the NXT ring announcer goes, and your winner! Gunter! And then he grabs the mic. I'm like, who the fuck is Gunter? And where the fuck was I for this? Like, Gunter. Yeah, he oh. was Walter the whole show up until the last 30 seconds till they went off the air. Exactly. Like, <laughs> fool me once, shame on me. Fool me, you know, you know that saying. <laughs> Stick a dunce cap on me. I'm done. It's over. <laughs> All right? I'm done. Just get me a dunce cap. Because oh, you've insulted the intelligence of wrestling fans, and, and that's it. And while we are talking about NXT and name changes, we might as well bring up the NXT releases that happened over the weekend. Alex, you have the names. There's some pretty shocking ones, to say the least. Yeah, uh, I got to agree with you there. Uh, some of them are some names that none of us have really heard of. Um, I assume no disrespect to them. They probably just had not made it onto TV yet. Um, but the other day we did hear another round of releases. Um, NXT slash WWE has officially released Dakota Kai, Dexter Loomis, Malcolm Bivens, Persia Parada, Harland, Draco Anthony, Paige Prinzilla-Vila, or Prinzavala, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Sanjana George, Mila Milani, and Raylan Devine. Um, for me, the biggest, um, the biggest shockers on this list were Dakota Kai and Dexter Loomis. Mainly because Dakota Kai, I thought, had star power written all over her. Um, Dexter Loomis was a hit with everybody. And I figured that since he had already made it through rounds of other NXT releases, that he was pretty safe. Dakota Kai, though, and Malcolm Bivens um, at the same time are not a shocker, though, because it's been reported that both of them had already let WWE officials be known that they were not planning on renewing their contracts anyways. So this one kind of seems more like a formality with these two, as they probably just let them go early to save a little money. Yeah, so for me... You know, having known that information with Dakota Kai and Malcolm Bivens, for me, the biggest shocker at this point was really just Harlan. And the only reason why I say that is because Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, and Johnny Gargano were all in a storyline together. Gargano chooses not to resign with WWE NXT, and he is gone. Candice LeRae has a baby. She's off TV. That leaves you with just Indy and Dexter and whatever they had for a storyline that included Gargando and Candice is now gone. Now WWE writers have to rewrite whatever the storyline is supposed to be about. And I think with Dexter Loomis in this sort of situation, they just kind of said, okay, this isn't working. See you later. Now, as far as Harlan, at one point he was predicted 
and even had words from Paul Heyman that this kid is the next Brock Lesnar of the company. Now, if you remember him by his, his first name, Alex, it was Parker. Parker Boudreaux. Thank you. I'm terrible with pronouncing names, people. He really is. So with, with Parker, you know, he had the hair, the you know, and everything. And they, they give him this dark character, make him shave his head. It just didn't cross over. So as far as Dexter and Harland, I just see it as they're two dark characters that just weren't working, I guess. You know, Dexter doesn't talk. Harlan was just. It was just Halloween without the mask, man. It was just Michael Myers without a mask in my eyes. And it's a shame that they. He got put in this sort of situation. Because the kid, if you're naming him the next Brock Lesnar and then seemingly without even really having any matches under his belt, you release him. Did you predict it too early or did you just not give him anything good to work with and it just wasn't working? I'm going with the second option on that one. As far as the others, um, I always hate admitting if I don't really know these people. I mean, I've seen photos of them and stuff, but go back to the indie scene, improve your skills. A lot of the times, you know, WWE has more tryouts. Go back and Give it the old college try again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, I guess I would say Harlan and Dexter are the biggest shocks. As far as Dakota Kai not wanting to re-sign with WWE, I kind of find that shocking and I kind of don't because I feel like in this last year or so, you know, last two years or so, she's really improved and like hit a stride. But she's also go- undergone a lot of changes, just like Aaliyah. So, like, she hasn't really found herself in NXT either. Well, it also could be, a, you know, something that could be tied into it, too, is the fact that Tegan Knox was released not too long ago, too, and that's her best friend. So, for all we know, that could have left a sour taste in her mouth, too. That could be one of the reasons she's leaving as well. Well, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's that. Her former mm-hmm. tag team partner gets called up. She right. doesn't, you know, like. Exactly. There could be a number of factors into it, but. I don't know. I just see that Dakota just as much as she hit her st- stride in the ring, every time they gave her a partner, her partner's taken away. Uh, and then there were a lot of like, I guess, gimmicky like changes to mm-hmm. her quite a bit, but. Well, you know, speaking of us, uh, you know, certain people's partners being taken away uh, to there's something I was looking at this list and I thought about, and that was, for the future NXT releases that could come, is Indy Hartwell really going to make it through all of these cuts? Because if you think about it, every single person that she has been attached to is either no longer on TV or no longer in the company. Dexter Loomis. Honestly, Dexter Loomis. Honestly, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was honestly surprised her name didn't pop up after Dexter Loomis's uh, on Friday. Right, yeah, because like, okay, so think about it. Johnny Gargano left WWE. Candice LeRae off TV right now, having a baby, probably on her way out too. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Dexter Loomis released. Persia Parada released. Every person that she has been associated with in the past year or two, with the exception of Austin Theory, are either gone or off TV. 
Well, I mean, and Justin, like I said in our group chat, I, I did think that there are going to be more cuts coming. And I saw an article that there could be main roster cuts. So, I mean, they they could throw in NXT people in there too. We've, we've seen it time and time again. Yeah, she, she could be on the chopping block. You know, unfortunately, with Gargano and LeRae being gone, it killed the storyline that Hartwell and Loomis were in. It just, it, you know, it killed the storyline. So it's almost like, okay, well, we can't punish those two. We'll take it out on you guys type deal. I don't know. We don't really know the situation, but that's just kind of how I see it. Right. Yeah. And now I look at this list of releases. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, you know, Dakota Kai doesn't really surprise me. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of start and stop for the last few years. I remember coming out of the May Young Classic in 2017, I believe, was the one she was in. Uh, you know, everyone was kind of predicting her to be the next Bailey, just with her look and the way she was presented on TV. Uh, you know, they turned her heel uh, back in 2019 for more games. And it looked like we were on the on the up but uh you know it was again more start and stop and Raquel uh Raquel Gonzalez was with her and you know that was more the main focus for a while until they broke up then they get back together they win the NXT women's tag titles and a few days later they lose them Raquel goes up to Smackdown Dakota stays in NXT and no longer um and, you know, writing was kind of on the wall last year after they brought her in for a few dark matches before SmackDown and nothing ever came of it. Uh, Malcolm Bivens, I was pretty disappointed to see on this list because he's been one of the highlights of NXT, honestly, just from what I've seen. Uh, you know, Smart Mark, I know, is managing Jade right now in AEW, but I, I think Malcolm Bivens, Stokely Halfway would be a perfect fit for managing jade if we were to make that happen if he doesn't we need to see the reuniting of stokely and mjf it has to happen yes absolutely uh harlan wasn't a surprise to me they took him off tv a few weeks ago and everyone was asking where he was and as soon as the news came out friday i'm like well that's why he hasn't been on tv in two weeks (laughs) uh Draco yeah. Anthony just wrestled on NXT, I think, like last week or the week before. He did. He wrestled Zion Quinn, and mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. He, he was that he wasn't really a much of a loss for me. I, I said this kid looks like he's fourteen. I don't know why he's wrestling. <laughs> um, Damn. And Dexter, definitely for me, the biggest surprise. Uh, he's been a prominent part of NXT for a while now. When you really think about it, uh, with the story with Indy and the way, and you know. Right at right before he got released, they were in the middle of that uh Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis, Persia Parada, Duke Hudson storyline. Mm-hmm. And now we're half of the story is gone. So I don't know if they drop it. I don't know if they continue something with Duke and Indy or what they do, but yeah, for the rest of the names, I like I said, I don't think any of these made it the TV. Uh maybe they have, but I don't I don't remember them. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't either, but uh, best of luck in your future endeavors. 
Lee, I don't like what you got going on with your hair right now. You're giving me real big Charles Manson vibes. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. All right. I guess we don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But you know what you should worry about? How you talk to police officers when you're on body cam footage, Mr. Uso. Jimmy, that is. Oh, God. Okay, so the body cam footage from uh, Mr. Uso's DUI in some states, as it's known in states like New York, is known as DWI. And uh, Jimmy didn't use such nice language towards the officer. Now, I will admit, I the officer, you know, upon giving the... Uh, the walking and the breathalyzer wishes Jimmy luck. And Jimmy did not like that and calls him an asshole and says that was a dick move and you're an asshole and so on and so forth. Um, ass cop. Ass cop. You know, anytime I've been pulled over, I'm, I'm respectful towards police. They're the ones with the guns, not me, as I would say. So, um, I mean, if I was under the influence, I would probably think that the cop is being a dick to wishing me luck, especially in the demeanor that it is set in. I'd be like, yeah, it's a dick move. Thanks. But if it was something that was genuine, then maybe I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe this guy just doesn't want to do the paperwork. <laughs> Let's hope for the best. But uh, <laughs> uh, I was indifferent on this. You know, there's a lot of people that are going to be out there listening that'll either say cops are assholes or fuck the police or this or that. And there's going to be the ones that say back the blue. You wouldn't get in trouble if you did, weren't doing anything wrong to begin with, which they're not wrong. Uh, however, DWIs are one of those things where you're behind the wheel under the influence. Your reaction is delayed. Vision, not the best you can kill somebody or kill yourself. Don't do it. This also isn't the first time though, that Jimmy Uso has been in trouble for DUIs. Uh, if we remember, this was the body cam footage from the last one back in June or July of 21. And we're now just seeing the, the body cam footage of it. And uh, this is the one where they became the tag team champions. And then fans, if you guys remember, uh, there were fans that were upset that he was still on TV, still had the title and this and that, you know, and this just kind of like seeing this now just kind of stirs all that back up for, for some fans, you know, pretty sure that was like the, I'm also pretty sure that was like the week they won the tag titles too. Yeah. Right before. <laughs> yeah. It was literally like the week before they won. Cause then fans got really mad that, in quotations, WWE, I guess, promoted him with winning the titles mm -hmm. or rewarded him for winning the championship type deal after getting that. There was a lot of fans who were upset by it. I'll just say this, don't drink and drive and uh, don't argue with the police officer. Just do as you're told. That's all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. That that that's all I got on that. Justin, you got anything you want to add to this one, Alex? 
I mean, for me personally, you know me that when when cops are wrong, I'm not afraid to speak out on it because, you know, there are very clearly some issues in this country that have to be taken care of. But you're not helping your case when you're just being an asshole off the bat when that officer hasn't shown any sort of disrespect or prejudice towards you yet. Obviously, there are officers out there that are bad, but there's also officers that are good and just trying to save innocent people on the road so when you're when you're being a dick to this guy from the beginning when all he's doing is trying to make sure that you're sober and drive and not kill people and you're the one that's under the influence you're kind of you're the asshole in the situation and that's how i saw the jimmy uso situation i still think them winning the tag titles right after he got a dwi was and just like the wrong move it was completely wrong especially when you know WWE sits there and does storylines about Jeff Hardy's drug addiction for 10 plus years straight over and over again, even though the man's clean now. But when this guy over here gets a DWI, we reward him with, you know, the tag titles. I mean, makes the company look like shit, too. But Jimmy was in the wrong. We all knew it a year ago. We know it now. And there's not much more to add to it. Okay, well, we're going to move on from that topic. And uh, we're going to do a little downworld spiral with Finn Balor. Yeah, so um, I've brought this up to Lee on multiple occasions. I think I've talked in our group chat with all three of us. What the hell is going on with Finn Balor? Um, this man at one point was the first undisputed uh, universal champion. And... He gets hurt. He comes back. You send him back to NXT because he's not doing well on the main roster. He creates this Prince character, basically based off of Prince Devitt, but, you know, a WWE spin on it and gets insanely over, quite possibly the most over person or one of the most over people on any roster on WWE. And you bring him back to the main roster and he's been squashed out ever since. Um, I've got to believe that somewhere Finn Balor in the back of his mind is thinking about not re-signing when his contract's coming up. He did get a U.S. title run, though, out of that. Yeah, but he lost almost every single match when he was U.S. champion. All right, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I, I call it the Jeff Hardy effect. For a while, Finn Balor was coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. Finn would come in have like that one big feud with somebody lose and then be gone for a while, come back, do the same thing, so on and so forth. And you know who else did that for the longest time in WWE? Jeff Hardy. You wouldn't see him much. Then he would come back. Well, that was because he was constantly getting hurt during this last round too. enter, enter a big feud, lose, leave, come back, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, I just, I don't know if it's WWE is just, Hey, we don't see you as the championship material since they got these big guys like Lesnar and Lashley and, you know, building up Omos and AJ and edge with Damian priest and this and that and so on and so forth. I, I don't know what they're thinking with it, but Finn Balor's booking has been a lackluster as of late. And uh, ever since he came back to the main roster in my, yeah, opinion. you know, because he, I don't know what 
the differences between the writing with the writers of NXT and WWE. At this point, I would say it's because Vince McMahon still doesn't fully have his hand in the cookie jar down in NXT type deal. But these guys get to the main roster and we've seen it time and time again. Their career, you know, if, if you're if you're not viewed as the top guy when you get up there, your career's a lackluster at best. And that's it. And we're seeing that now with Finn. It's almost like they don't know what to do with him, but at the same time kind of know what to do with him. At, at this point, I would say stick him with with Priest and Edge and start bringing out the demon more. You know what I mean? You know, you're, you've, you've got a dark, two dark characters. Why can't we put Finn with that and give him sort of like a, with him and the demon, almost like a split personality disorder. You know, when he's cutting the promos, this and that, he's, he's Finn Balor. But when he's starting to get ready for his matches, the demon comes out but only have it for like the pay-per-views type deal. Like he can wrestle as Finn Balor in matches like on raw and this and that, and can show aspects of like a split personality disorder coming out with the demon in the match. But then I don't know if that's something fans would shit on because of what it is. Well, you're just trying to change Finn Balor now. No, we're trying to utilize the demon more out of him with this, this dark character. And then that way they're, uh, uh, fuck. What's his name over there in AEW? Brody King can sit there and say, "Hey, this is uh, the House of Black on Wish dot com again," because now they got three. I don't know. I it's 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 a very. I don't know like if fans really pay attention or go into depth like that that we do talking about this stuff. You know, because like when Finn Balor's music hits, the fans still get all hyped for it. And when the, you know, when he gets the hands out and they, they all do it and cheer and this and that. So, you know, he has one of those memorable entrances and that's why I give it, give him the Jeff Hardy effect, because when he does come back, he, he, the fans are hot with him at all times, just like Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about it and Finn Balor's time since coming to the main roster, even back in 2016. I wonder if that torn labrum he got at SummerSlam when he won the universal title was just the change of direction for everything. And if that never happened, maybe everything's different, but, um, Oh, go ahead. (laughs) I got a name for you that, that reminds me of this as a perfect example. As you just brought up that injury, Mm -hmm. Concussion. Dolph Ziggler. Yep. Yep. Know exactly where you're going on that one. Do you remember Ride Along? Mm Mm-hmm. The Miz, when Dolph cashed in and won, openly admitted on Ride Along, he has never heard a crowd so loud before in his life than when Dolph Ziggler first when his music hit and then when he won the match he says he's never heard a crowd louder than that in his life and that man's main event at wrestlemania that should tell you something yeah there's there's a uh, there's multiple wwe superstars that have gone on record and said that 
Dolph Ziggler's pop winning the world title was like the second loudest in WWE history and that the only pop that was ever louder than that was when Stone Cold Steve Austin won the WWE championship at WrestleMania. I think you that just was... Sorry, go ahead. I I'm sorry. I think you just meant to say when Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 32 that was the loudest in history. Not what I meant, but anyway, yeah, no, uh, there's specific moments in time for certain superstars where one injury has basically derailed their entire career. And I think we've seen that in both Dolph Ziggler and Finn Balor, as they've both kind of been used as, you know, jobbers when they need to, serious contenders when they need to. But I don't know, something just feels different about Finn Balor's run at this very moment. And it's it's not in a good way. And I I personally don't think we're going to see him stay with the company. Wow. Yeah, and uh, to add on to that, um, you know, when he returned to the main roster back in August from NXT, I was not a fan of them throw him throwing him at Roman Reigns his second week back on the main roster because I already knew where it was going. It was just another body for Roman Reigns to just plow right over. Uh, and, you know... He lost to a fucking top rope breaking man. <laughs> that they never explained what happened. That storyline yeah, ended it, that night. You, you, you pretty. I don't want to say you killed the demon character, but that just made him look like a fucking geek. And you know when they moved him to Raw, maybe you know okay, fresh start for the third or fourth time now. It floundered for a bit. You know, won the U.S. title. It's like okay, cool. Uh. Honestly, nothing memorable came out of it. He was left off the WrestleMania card this year. And as soon as he lost to Fury twice uh, WrestleMania weekend, I'm like, well, Fury's winning the title. <laughs> and it's not going to be much longer until it happens. Uh, so, you know, the report going around, and I, I heard it in January too. Uh, Vince doesn't see Finn Balor as a main event guy. He sees him as a guy to be a, in a Dolph Ziggler role, I guess you could say, actually. The veteran who, you know, is there to put people over and help out and be that good hand. He's not even a veteran, though. Like, I mean, he is, but he's not, like, WWE's consideration of a veteran. This man's in the prime of his career. Yeah. He is in the prime of his career. Yep. And the unfortunate thing about it is, he can't go back to NXT because he's not what they're looking for. Right no, now. no, he his his personality doesn't vibe with the new NXT. He he, if if old NXT had stayed around, then maybe. But Nickelodeon yeah. NXT is not for Finn Balor. So he's kind of stuck where he is right now. Hey, as I said, he has the Jeff Hardy effect. Mm -mm. Nah, this is different in my opinion. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, I honestly, personally, I think he would be better off somewhere like AEW. Oh, I mean, they are talking about making the Bullet Club bigger, and after all, Juice Robinson's now in the Bullet Club. And Finn uh, Balor did form the Bullet Club. And uh, we even have from WCW, Scott Norton joined the Bullet Club. We have the good brothers in the Bullet Club, Jay White in the Bullet Club. We got a lot of people in the Bullet Club. Maybe Finn Balor can come back, which, I mean, we did ask Carl Anderson if he would 
if the opportunity ever arose, if he'd want to be the leader of the Bullet Club again, you can check that interview out, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. And you can check it out on Apple Podcast. You know, so when it comes to that, maybe he could go back to the Bullet Club. Maybe he continues to do what he does. I think it's always a tough thing to know that your boss is doing interviews and talking about you that he doesn't see this in you, which brings like to me, uh, Cesaro Mm -hmm. when stone cold, uh, had Vince McMahon on the, uh, broken skull session. and, And Vince says he doesn't see it, doesn't get it. Like to me, that would be tough. You know, another thing that reminds me of is, uh, even triple H in 2012, at access did an interview and says, I don't get Zack Ryder. I don't get RVD, you know? So there it is. There's a lot of times where we see this with superstars and and the boss being open. And I don't know how I'd feel about it, but I mean, Cesaro's not there anymore. So maybe that should tell you something, you know, but speaking of, as we say, maybe he could go to AEW. Becky Lynch was recently on a podcast to promote a WWE house show in Florida. When asked about that other place, referring to AEW and and how the AEW women's division is, uh, Becky answered, uh, you know, she was asked if AEW's women division is as good as WWE's. And she answered with this. I wish I could say yes, but unfortunately, I don't think they're represented the way that we are. Uh, They don't get as much time as we get, and they're not, frankly, they're not as good as we are, Lynch said. Okay. Uh, We certainly, we have certainly on Raw, we have the best women's division in the world, in the world, and I say that without any hesitation in my voice. We have the best women's division in the world. And yeah, competition is great. And it's great for there to be another place. And I have a very good friend, Ruby Soho over there. And I would love to see her as champion one day. I would love to see her getting the spotlight that she deserves. Competition is always great. But over here, we're just on another level right now, man. We're on another level. See, I don't really think... Becky Lynch is taking shots there. It's the same thing as WWE has been established since it was the WWF days of the 70s. It's just established. Everything they have is established. AEW is a new company, whether you're bringing in new talent or whether you're bringing in veterans from yesteryear or whether people are getting released from other companies and you're taking those talents. As we said earlier, when it came to Hangman Page, well, Alex had said, it takes time. They've only been around for a couple of years. They still need time to develop all their talents, aside from the ones that we see on Dynamite and Rampage on a weekly basis. That's why there's dark, dark elevation. Getting these men and women time to develop themselves, develop in the ring, outside of the ring and whatnot. Alex, I'll start with you. How did you take these comments? Um, Basically the same way you did. It's 
been a well-known thing since AEW started that up until probably about a year ago, um, their women's division was the division in the company that probably needed the most work. They did not highlight the women as well as they needed to when they first started as a company. I think part of that was because they had not signed a ton of women yet, and they also signed um, some women that the fans didn't know. Brett Baker wasn't as well known when they first started AEW. They was she was really just kind of known as uh, Adam Cole's girlfriend at the time. She had just been kind of shown here and there on BTE. Um, you know, she had been on the Indies a little bit, but a lot of these girls weren't well known. Rio wasn't well known. Uh, Hikaru Shida wasn't well known, um, and they didn't put a lot of. I don't want to say effort because I know Kenny Omega was trying really hard behind the scenes to get these girls ready, but they didn't have as much TV time. They only had one show at that time that was on TV on national TV and it was two hours. They didn't have enough time while establishing this company to put a lot of focus on the women. However, in the past year or two, I think that's changed a lot. We've seen, you know, I'm a huge fan of Jade Cargill and her presentation. We've seen a lot go into her. We've seen a lot go into Britt Baker. We've seen a lot go into Chris Statlander recently to kind of make her a little more serious of a contender. Um, Hikaru Shida has uh, undergone changes as well. Um, Serena Deeb is slowly becoming a huge threat to the AEW Women's World Championship. So, I mean, they're building, but also... Becky Lynch isn't wrong. WWE is on an entirely different level. I personally sense, you know, the women's evolution started back in the days of NXT with like Emma and Paige going on to the four horsewomen, Alexa Bliss. You know, we saw Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair main event WrestleMania a couple of years ago. I mean, you're you're main eventing WrestleMania in MetLife Stadium. You're on a little bit of a different level than AEW at that point. You've got Ronda Rousey in there, who is a pop culture icon. It's nothing against AEW. I don't think there was a shot intended. WWE is simply on a different playing field when it comes to women's wrestling than AEW is right now. And over time, that's something that could possibly change. But it's nothing against either company right now. It's just the way it is. Justin, how do you feel? Yeah, so I'm in the same boat with you guys. Uh, WB is obviously well-established for their women's division with the likes of Becky and Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, uh, Alexa, Asuka, you, you know, all the, all the women who have come up from NXT in the last few years. And you have your veterans like Natty as well. Um, like Alex said, it, when, once AEW started in 2019, the women's division was very, very weak. And uh, I think they have done a good job with kind of making better on that. They've gone out, they've signed people like Ruby Soho and so Ty Conti, who I think has improved quite a bit since she's been signed to AEW and has been showcased more. Uh, you, you know, uh, AEW, they, they, they're, they've done a great job with Britt Baker. I'll say that. And Jake mm-hmm. Cargill as well. Uh I was I didn't get the hype behind Britt Baker when AEW first started. I, I just I didn't get it. And she was an know, awful what? she was an awful baby face too. Yes, yes. You never want a baby face dentist. No one likes the dentist. No. Um they turned her heel and I, I don't know what happened, but a flip just switched and everything just 
started going great for her. Uh, Jade, they're really taking their time on. Uh, the one thing that Becky did say that I don't agree with is that the WWE gives women more time on their shows. And before I get shit for that, I just want to point out the time that women have been getting on Raw and SmackDown recently has decreased drastically in the last few months. If I remember correctly, remember the Queen's Crown Tournament back in the fall last year? Mm-hmm. Remember every match except the finals? Like it, it was less than the one match AEW had in their TBS title tournament one week, the opening match, yeah, which is crazy to me. But uh, yeah, it's it's not intended as a shot. Uh, you know, AEW still attempting to uh, sign more talent and kind of establish these stars that, for the most part, we've never heard of some of these women. They're just in the last few months. There's been plenty of new women signees uh, who I wasn't familiar with at first. Hey, I'll, I'll say this: when it comes to that particular quote there should be no shots thrown by wwe in general because they have a two-hour show that has all of 17 minutes of wrestling and then you've got smackdown which is a two-hour show and rampage is a one-hour show and constantly has more wrestling than smackdown does so well that and wwe is the reason that women in professional wrestling were held down to begin with yeah, because so... they. Yeah. Thanks, to AJ Lee, for tweeting to Stephanie McMahon that day. Do I want to bring up the women's tag titles? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I like that WWE gives women a platform more so than they used to, but you also don't get to play hero when you were the villain that caused all of it to begin with. Well, I'll tell you, there's one company that really does really well with their women's division, or should I say knockouts division, and that's Impact Wrestling. Speaking of Impact, Cassie Lee, Jesse McKay, the inspiration, put out a press release that they are seemingly not only done with Impact Wrestling, they are done wrestling to pursue other opportunities we've had the inspiration for an autograph signings at the big event in albany for showcase of legends i know justin remembers because he brought up their elites and met them before he was perched on the top rope that's right he's just a simp (laughs) fuck you (laughs) so anyway (laughs) oh god yeah, but um, they were they were great. Uh, they expressed that they wanted to get into acting. They do have their own podcast. We hope nothing but the best for them. I guess that would explain why we hadn't seen them part of Impact much and why we saw them lose the Impact uh, Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Impact is a, a company that you know, tapes ahead of time, you know, they, they, they're pre-taped. So everything is, is, is done ahead of time. So in a one month span, they get all their tapings done for, for that month type deal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
So you might only have like a few segments here or there. I don't know what their pay was, but I do know that when I had asked them about if they would ever wrestle on the independent scene, that was a quick no. Wow. So they had no interest in the independent scene. So I think the only way that we'll see them wrestle is if they're in a big company and obviously impact. I, I don't know if it wasn't what they thought or, you know, compared to what they were used to in NXT and WWE. So I wish them the best of luck and I hope that we see them, uh, see them somewhere soon or pop up somewhere. And like I said, hope nothing but the best for them because they are, really really incredible i think they were great in the ring i would have loved to have seen more between uh them and tenille dashwood and madison rain the influence as they are known as but uh best of luck ladies best of luck agreed now that we are done with that part which is a little heart-wrenching for me. And while we're talking about impact, like things like impact rebellion, like someone on this podcast literally owns the impact rebellion ring skirt from the, this past impact rebellion. And of course I'm talking about the man who goes to literally every wrestling show in the tri-state area Justin Largito, who helped me interview the Good Brothers as part of promoting Impact Rebellion, was at Impact Rebellion. So, Justin, how was it? Uh, so, before I get started, I want to correct you. So, yes, I do own the ring skirt, but I also earn, own a turnbuckle from that ring as well. <laughs> um, oh, man. But, yeah, the pay-per-view was fun. Uh, I don't know how it came off on TV, but it was definitely a very lively crowd sold out in the MJN convention center. Uh, you know, Josh Alexander uh, was able to win the world title from Moose, as I predicted. Uh, Ace Austin, the new X Division champion, and uh, Ty of Valkyrie defeating Deanna Perrazzo for the Reina de Reinas championship. Uh, but yeah, this was my... First Impact slash TNA show, uh, I want to say, yeah, almost 10 years. Uh, to kind of show how long it's been, the main event of the last TNA show I went to was Jeff Hardy versus Bobby Roode for the World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> so it's been a while. Uh, I, I did stick around for the Impact tapings the next night. Uh, if you watch back, Rosemary and Havoc versus uh, Savannah Evans and Tasha Steeles from this week. You can clearly see me in the front row. Uh, so, you know, keep a lookout for that if you haven't watched Impact this week or you plan on watching Impact again. Uh, regards to this ring skirt, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with it. <laughs> I kind of underestimated how big it was. Uh, I may hang it on my wall because it's pretty long, but yeah. Other than that, the, the show was very fun. Uh, I hope Impact comes to, back to Poughkeepsie soon because, yeah, it, 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 great experience, I would say. Well, awesome. And also on that show is the same people that opened the show tonight for us, the Briscoe Brothers. 
And we've seen that the Briscoe brothers are now on the Impact roster page. Yes. So fans expect to see more of the good old boys, the Briscoe brothers on Impact Wrestling. I'm excited for that. They are a great tag team. Um, Great pickup by Impact, to be honest with you. Oh, for sure. And they are are, are already challenging for the uh, Impact tag titles at under siege, uh, I believe it's this Saturday, actually. Word. Yep. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that is all the time we have for this week's show. We will be back Tuesday as we are moving our Saturday show heat magnet to Tuesday. So Tuesday you will be able to hear me talk about everybody who drew heat in the wrestling world for the week and why. Ladies and gentlemen, you can also find us on YouTube. Check out all the great content over there from our interviews to little snippets of interesting wrestling news that I post. It is youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Go check out all of Perch Gaming Alex Todd's awesome editing skills. You can listen to this podcast everywhere and anywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle. We are there. It is perched on the top rope. We are on multiple chartable top 250 accounts from different countries. America, Great Britain, Canada, Ireland, Germany, Australia, and Indonesia. We thank you for keeping us there. And I want to give a special shout out to those who listen in Singapore. We are so close. It's not even funny, but thank you for everyone who listens to the show. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. That's where we generally post anything and everything related to all sorts of wrestling news. We also have posts on, on this day of wrestling history. And we also have posts of, did you know, little wrestling trivia for you. You can find us on Twitter at Perch Top Rope, where we love when the professional wrestlers from WWE, MLW, NXT, all those major companies tweet at us, retweet, like, trust me, there's a lot of them. We just recently had good old road dog jesse james shoot us a like we have a lot of the pro wrestlers that follow us like jeff jarrett galen of the wcw and many more you can find us on instagram at perched on the top rope podcast where you will find all great wrestling memes and anything related to that you can also find us on tiktok ladies and gentlemen perched on the top rope where we recreate selena scenes with the greatest history moments in professional wrestling. One of those include WrestleMania 32, Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship. You can't tell me that's not great wrestling history otherwise. But if that's not your forte, ladies and gentlemen, and you're into some weird and twisted things like watching former WCW Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan, that's right, Kevin Sullivan get humped by a dog. You heard that correctly. Kevin Sullivan getting humped by a dog. It's on our TikTok perched on the top rope. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow us on Twitch at perched on the top rope, 
where we will have WWE 2K22 footage, and uh, sometimes I play Fortnite. Ladies and gentlemen, all that is left for me to say is spoiler-free is the way to be. We're out.